supporting you in your dog parenting journey. The Dynamic Dog Owner with Debbie Potter. Hello and welcome to The Dynamic Dog Owner, the podcast dedicated to supporting you on your dog parenting journey. This week's episode, we are going to be talking about reactivity. Because it's quite a common issue, you would be surprised how many people struggle with reactivity, feel out of their depth and contact us for for support in this area. So it's something that often isn't talked about. So we're going to explore a little bit more about reactivity, what it is, why it happens um, and a few things we can do to help our dog. So firstly, what is reactivity? It's a term that has probably been connected to dogs being aggressive but that's not necessarily accurate reactivity is when your dog has a big reaction to something in their environment and this doesn't have to be big as in terms of loud and shouting but that's the one we notice the most Um, it can be a more subtle reaction but it is a big reaction to something and that something could be anything most commonly it is dogs people Um, It can be animals, it can be traffic, uh, sounds, it can be many different things. But the common area is dogs being reactive, barking at other people and other dogs. So firstly, let's talk about one thing. If your dog is reactive, it does not mean your dog is a bad dog. It doesn't mean that you have failed as an owner. It doesn't mean that you've done something wrong. It doesn't mean that you shouldn't feel welcome in dog training spaces as long as the right sort of preliminary work has been done and as long as you are in the right space there are people out there who can support you and understand what you're going through one of my dogs itself is reactive um in fact two of them are in fact let's face it they all are in their own ways i would say one is your typical reactivity where he is loud and barks at people and dogs so therefore he's the one i tend to class as being reactive because he's the one where you feel the social pressure around the situation so firstly the reasons why dogs can be reactive there are a million and the sad thing is that our dogs cannot tell us what the problem is If they could, it would make life so much easier because they could just tell you, this is what it is. This is what, you know, that person in a hat makes me jump. Okie doke, cool. Hats aren't scary, mate. It's all good. Um, But that can't happen. So it can be really common for dogs to become more reactive around adolescence because of the hormone changes, the transition from puppy to adulthood. It's quite an emotional time where there's a lot going on so often it can be linked to adolescence so a phase of development sometimes it's down to prior experiences so if they've had a negative experience or if they have had lots of positive experiences we can then have reactivity because they're frustrated um, it can just simply be that they are an over exuberant personality who wants to say hello to people it comes across as reactivity because they're frustrated Um, It can be that your dog is more fearful. So there are lots of different reactions. Let's say all three of mine, I would say, are reactive in different ways. My eldest dog, Dave, is reactive. He's loud, he's shouty. But it's because he is frustrated. He wants to say hello to people. He wants to say hello to dogs. And the lead stops him. So he becomes a frustrated greeter. um, Or it's frustrated reactivity, in my opinion. My middle dog, Rem, he lays down when he sees a dog. 
Um, he's level-headed in every situation apart from when a dog is walking towards him. He has more of a freeze response. He lays down and goes, let's wait for that scary thing to leave. Um, it's more socially acceptable. My youngest dog, Fred, he is reactive in terms of that he's a little bit wary of things and it takes him a few moments to just get his head around something that's entered into his space. It's not something that I'm too worried about. I believe we'll grow out of it. We're getting better at it all the time. Um, so there are lots of reasons, you know, and we've touched on the fact that all three of my dogs have different reasons. Um, and they're all improving over time because I work on it. Um, I have the advantage of seeing it from day one um, and being able to help and support them on their journey. Obviously, I appreciate most people have a problem and they go oh what's this i'll leave it for a little while see if it gets better and then the problem gets a little bit bigger and then they feel very very stuck and don't know what to do um and if you are listening and feeling stuck and embarrassed and you know lost in your reactivity journey then do reach out for help and support even if it is just in a facebook forum with a supportive community because you are not alone it is such a common issue it is such a common area that people are looking to work on with their dogs and it does have quite a lot of emotions because let's face it we all even the most you know, confident of people we still react to social pressure we still feel a little bit embarrassed a little bit um anxious around being in the world um and if you have got a reactive dog it is a pressure fueled situation and you do feel very embarrassed when you're out for a walk or should I say I used to? I've managed to overcome that now. But majority of people do feel very embarrassed um, because people look at you funny. People think your dog is a bad dog and they are not a bad dog at all. They are gorgeous and they are lovely. They're just struggling. Um, but what happens is that we tend to get ourselves in a little bit of a vicious circle because dogs we know are very in tune to our emotions and they feed off of our emotions even if we don't think we're giving any emotions. And a really good example of this is that my eldest dog, Dave, um, he has an amazing ability to know when we have reached our destination, even before we've got there and he's never been there before. So, for example, let's say we're going on holiday. Um, he'll be silent the entire journey in the car, about five minutes towards the end of the journey, even though he does not know it's five minutes away, he starts whining and gets really excited and maybe barks a little bit but it's more whining excitement he's never been there before he doesn't know we're five minutes out of the journey it's got to be my emotions and the chemicals and the smells my body releases out of oh we're nearly there so we know dogs feed off of our emotions and what happens with reactivity is naturally it's kind of like a chicken and egg situation which one comes first we start to feel a little bit anxious because we're worried about them reacting our dogs then go oh my owner's a little bit anxious i'll be a little bit more on edge too which makes them slightly more likely to react which then feeds our emotions a little bit more and we become a little bit more aware and then they react a little bit more because we're a little bit more aware and it goes round and round and round and round in this circle and you don't really know whether the reaction came first thought that you know the first thing was their reaction or if it's your anxiety or then the reaction building and a lot of it is down to that social pressure. We are worried about what people are going to say, what people are going to think. And that's why my main message in this podcast is that your dog, despite them being reactive, is not a bad dog. They are just struggling in their situation.
And it's our job as dog humans to help them out. That is our job. We are our dog's caregiver. We are our dog's advocate. It's our job to help. So a few top tips I've got about reactivity, and it's, this is such a complex topic. It's not something I can just say, this is how you're gonna fix it. Because every dog is so unique. Every person's situation and lifestyle is so unique. Often reactivity can be linked to many, many other things, which is why to really address the, the reactivity and wanting to improve it, you really do need to see a professional who can help you um, because they need to get to know you and your individual dog. That could be online virtually through video support. It could be in person, um, but that's the best way to actually address it fully. But we are going to look at a few top tips that are very generalized today. Um, so the first thing, my first top tip is try and work out the reason why your dog is reacting. So why are they doing it? It's not always obvious. And the thing I find with reactivity to the naked eye is no matter the reason, it looks the same. So generally speaking, it, we don't worry too much about the laying down one. People don't care about that one as much because it, they say it's socially acceptable. But if you've got a frustrated greeter like my Dave who barks and lunges and gets really excited. Um, it looks the same no matter the reason. So it's trying to work out what is your dog actually trying to achieve? What is their what is their goal? What is the motivation for this? So as I say with Dave, it's I really want to go and say hello to that other dog. We'll be best friends, um, but I'm on a lead and it stops me from going over there. Um, I know if we go and say hello to people and dogs, he's actually really friendly. Um, just probably a little bit too enthusiastic, but he's seven. He's not going to grow out of that now. It's just his personality. I've never known a dog be so excited by life. Um, you know, to him, going to the vet is like going to the theme park. He thinks it's the best outing ever. Um, but for him, it is frustration. For other dogs, it could be fear. It could be overwhelm. It could be um, apprehension. It could be startle. It could be uncertainty. Um, it can obviously be aggression, but nine, I wouldn't like to put a number on it, but majority of times people believe that their reactive dog is aggressive when they're not. It's It looks the same. It can look very aggressive. You know, I've had many people say to me, oh, is Dave going to eat me? No, of course he's not. Um, but it looks that way if you don't know what you're looking for. So majority of the time, the cases I see the dog is not aggressive in any way. They are misunderstood and they just have big emotions they don't know how to cope with. So try and work out why. And the best way to do this is almost to have like a little reflection on your, your outings, your, your experiences. So trying to work out what happens just before they react, what happens when they react and what happens afterwards and what happens if they don't react. So that will help you to work out if when they're not reacting, they're getting what they need um, and maybe the reasons why and the motivation behind the reaction. Take account, like make a little note of it, put it in a diary, put it in a journal for, you know, a week or two, maybe longer, depending on how often, you know, they, they are reacting. Um, that way you've got knowledge, you've got information. Think of it like a science experiment. You've then got some facts to work on and you can then present that to a trainer or whoever you're going to be working with, a behaviourist, online coaching, whoever you choose to work with, you can present that to them. And that gives them an amazing amount of information to start unpicking and start their like detective journey as to what is this dog needing? How can we help them? 
Now, obviously, there is plenty of advice on the internet. You've all seen, you know, obviously I have social media, most people do, uh, a lot of people have YouTube channels, you've got websites, blogs, there is so much information, podcasts, and um, you've got so much information on the internet and in the ether these days, so much more than we ever did. Majority of it, yes, you can pick up free tips, you can pick up free advice. But as I said earlier, it's very, very individual to your dog. But when you are looking online for free support, just check that it is a credible source. Because if you Google something like, you know, why is my dog barking? You're gonna get 55 million different responses and different answers and different viewpoints on that. Each one will conflict and therefore you're probably gonna feel even more confused than you did to begin with. So is it a credible source? The way to work that out is, is it just general Joe Blogs popping their two penneth worth in on a forum? Um, is it somebody who is qualified, approved by a, um, or done, been accredited by a training body? Is it just a website giving advice? Is it a general charity or somewhere like, like a, a trust or somewhere that is sharing general advice? Because again, where do they get their information from? Just because they are a reputable organisation everyone's heard of, where are they getting their information from? If their trainer or behaviourist or their editor or whoever does it um, isn't necessarily the best person, they're not going to be giving out great advice. Don't just watch what you see on the telly and go, wow, that guy did it on the telly or that woman did it on the telly and therefore I'll just do exactly the same methods because I'm sorry to burst your bubble, but TV shows about dogs are not real because it would be blimmin' boring for you to watch a dog's reactivity journey from start to finish on the telly. You see snippets, and obviously it is made for telly. It is made to be entertaining. If you're having to sit there for five hours watching this very, very slow journey of a dog improving, you're not gonna stay tuned. Therefore, the TV companies don't make their money and neither do the people in the TV show. So naturally, TV shows I would take with a pinch of salt. Um, once you've worked out whether it's a credible organisation or a credible resource, then it's to work out what methods are they using. So what, whether they're ethical, whether they are aversive, whether they are balanced, whether they are force free, you know, so many different things. Check out our previous podcast episode about how to pick a dog trainer because this explores these topics slightly more. Um, but working out what methods the people, the sources for the free advice are using give you an idea as to how they will tackle reactivity so for example the two kind of ways i would kind of ballpark it is are the people looking at the emotions of the dog because this is an emotional response are they looking how to change and improve and adapt the dog's emotions over time or are they just trying to get the dog to stop doing it yes the getting your dog to stop doing it will be a very quick response. It will happen instantly. But my question is always, well, why? Because if they're doing something and we can instantly say, stop it, um, and they do, there's got to be quite a big association formed with why they have to stop it. And are we then creating a new problem? If we look at the emotions of a dog, we are looking at the reasons why they're behaving the way they are. We're getting an understanding of them. 
we are then looking to work together to gradually improve and change their emotions to help rebuild their confidence or learn a new default behavior. Now, this for me is a little bit like, you know, if you want to go, you know, if you go to therapy, for example, say you've got a phobia. Um, if you've got a phobia of spiders um, and I said, I can fix that for you. And one session I went, you're not scared of them anymore. Um, I would always question, well, how did you do that? Now, the only way that I have got experience with this is hypnotherapy because I've had hypnotherapy and it is incredible, but it obviously taps into your subconscious mind. We cannot do that with dogs. Um, I did ask my hypnotherapist and he said, well, I'd love to. I was like, this is what my dogs need. <laughs> Just need to say, guys, don't worry about it anymore. But obviously our <laughs> conscious mind is what takes over. So the thing that's going to stop you from being scared of spiders has got to be something massive. And is it now that you're actually creating a new fear of something else? Or are you just being told, sit down, be quiet. You're not afraid of spiders. Get on with it. Yes, it might work. But are you then going to be sitting there going, I'm not afraid of spiders. I am not afraid of spiders. Oh my goodness, there's a spider. And building up and then potentially holding in all of that tension and frustration and then having to put it out somewhere else. So it can create one, solve one problem, but create a new problem. If you're scared of spiders and you go to a therapist or you go to um, a counsellor or somebody who talks through your feelings, helps you to understand why you're frightened of spiders, what parts it is, um, and then helps you to change your thought processes and go and you know, gradually exposes you and goes, yeah, actually spiders aren't that bad, are they? And you go, no, they're not. It could even be that, you know, they teach you to do something like, I mean, I don't know if you're a Harry Potter fan, but I am, um, in Harry Potter when they teach when they're working with the bogger. I mean, this is going off completely to, on top topic. But um, Professor Lupin, who my dog is named after, Remus Lupin. Uh, Remus is my dog. Um, is with the bogger, and Ron is terrified of spiders, and he asks you to make your fear into something funny because laughter destroys a bogger. So what Ron does, if I say if, if you're not a Harry Potter fan, sorry about this. Um, but what Ron does is he sees the spider, he gets very scared. He then imagines the spider with roller skates on and sliding all over the place. This is in the film anyway. Um, and I think it's slightly different in the book. Uh, I can't remember. Um, in the film, it's spider, it's on, he's on roller skates. And the spider then looks silly and falls over, not scared of spiders anymore because you're changing the fear into laughter, joy, and something funny. So that's kind of what we do with dogs in a roundabout way to help them overcome reactivity it's the most long lasting no fallout way of changing emotions around reactivity so look at that free end device look at where you're getting it from and see if we're using one method or another method and just make sure you understand how their methods work and why their methods work because that means that you are aware of what is what the change your dog is going to go through um, because we want it to be as kind and as supportive change as possible now one other top tip about reactivity and so these aren't going to fix it but they're more about your mindset in a way is try to understand that your dog is not trying to make your life difficult i know it feels that way and it feels like you're going why do you have to just make every walk just a pain in the bum why do you have to add to my stress levels they're not trying to make your life difficult and I think getting this straight in your mind helps you to see it from a different perspective. And as we know, again, from previous podcast episodes, we've explored it. Looking at things from a different perspective just changes how you feel, changes how relaxed you are going into a situation and changes how you cope with that. 
So your dog is not trying to make your life difficult. Instead, they're having a really tough time. They have got big emotions, whether it be fear, frustration. They don't know what to do with them. They're so big, they're overwhelming. They need your support. They're not trying to make it hard. They're asking for help. They're showing you they're struggling. And the best thing we can do is actually respond to that. Um, you know, you it's not fair to take your reactive dog into a situation where you know they are going to find it hard and then tell them off for reacting. It's just not fair. It'd be like taking a toddler into a sweet shop where they say free sweets and you go, no, no, you can't have them. They'd be like, this isn't on, this isn't fair. <laughs> Why bring me here if I can't actually have the sweets? Because they said they were free, but I said you can't have them because I'll rot your teeth. It's not fair. So consider your dog is having a tough time and rather than seeing it as a pain, think, how can I help them? How can I help them to feel more confident? How can I help them to overcome these, these um, emotions? And again, that brings us on to the next top tip, which is avoid putting your dog in situations where they cannot cope. It's not going to solve the problem, but it is in a roundabout way going to help you because if you know your dog is going to react in certain situations and you keep going to those certain situations and putting them in those situations, then they are going to simply rehearse the behavior. Goes back to the habit forming. The more you do something, the more it becomes a habit, the more it becomes rewarding, the more our dogs do it. So it's not going to solve the problem, but avoiding practicing reduces their stress levels, reduces your stress levels, and it stops them getting better at an unwanted behaviour. And the way we can do that is by, you know, depending on everybody's individual reactivity, and I obviously talk about my experiences, um, it's not going to be relevant to everyone because it depends on your circumstance. But for me, Dave is very excited around other dogs and people. Um, so I limit his exposure. He has canine interactions at home and loads of them. So he's fine in that camp. Um, we have majority of our walks in either secure dog walking fields, places where I know we're not going to come into contact with many people, big open spaces where I can create space so we can be within our safe zone. Um, and we come to controlled classes where I can work on it and help build his confidence. And I tend to take him out in public, in routes where I know they're a little bit quieter, um, when the weather's rubbish, because funnily enough, most people don't walk their dog when it's peeing it down with rain. Um, so that's the perfect time for me to take my reactive dog out because he gets to have a lovely time. It's quieter. We can avoid dogs a little bit easier rather than being in a situation where there's like 50 dogs all walking towards us. There might be one or two. We can create space. We can manage the situation. Um, it's not a quick fix, but it will stop them getting better at the thing you don't want them to do. And finally work with a trainer because these things that your dog doesn't just simply grow out of it and if that's what you're hoping for um you're probably going to be sorely disappointed i don't mean to like burst your bubble um but if you're thinking oh they're a puppy they'll grow out of this or oh they're a teenager they'll grow out of it the likelihood of them doing that is slim to none simply because if they continue to practice it without any input yes one amazing dog might just grow out of it but they're likely to keep rehearsing it and if you don't understand it, then you're not necessarily going to be helping them in the right way. So working with a professional to help you and support you is key to working on reactivity or reading up on it yourself, buying books, gaining your own knowledge will really help you. It's a lot of um, 
new skills, but equally it's often a really common way of people getting into the industry. Um, so it's people gain knowledge because of their own reactive dog and then they gain all that knowledge and they want to then go on and help other people. Um, it's not for everyone. You may just want someone to help you, which is absolutely fine. Your trainer will also help you develop new skills to build your toolbox of things you can do with your dog, coping mechanisms, training, how to actually help and support them. Most importantly, they're going to help build your confidence, your dog's confidence, and help create, manage situations where you can continue to improve and work together to build these reactivity skills. So as I said, you know, this isn't a magic fix. It's not suddenly going to improve. But hopefully the, the podcast has helped you to build some confidence in how you feel about your reactivity and to highlight that your dog is not a bad dog you have not done anything wrong it can just be circumstantial it can be your dog's personality your dog is not a bad dog you have not done anything wrong you're not a bad owner take check of where you are and move forward from now onwards seek out some help seek out some support whether that be from free online support um, working with a trainer or behaviorist an online coach there is plenty of support out there if you need any guidance as to where to find the right support you know where to contact us drop a message um the information's in our show notes follow us on social media drop us a message if we can't help you we can point you in the direction of somebody who can so enjoy your quiet relaxed walks in open spaces with your reactive dog have a lovely week and i'll catch up with you really soon thank you for listening to the dynamic dog owner with me debbie potter see you next time